would to the book of Esther, page 562. Hope you got your Bible. It is so good to have Jacob Godfrey. Abrianna. Did I get that right? All right. I don't know why I have such a hard time to Abrianna. Godfrey, good to have them with us. And uh, we appreciate them being here. He's been here before. But uh, it's good to have them. Amen. And it's good to have you. It's good to have Joy's sister with us. Amen. We appreciate them being And all of you that's here today. Amen. We don't want to overlook anyone. Esther chapter number 5. Verse number 9. Then went Haman forth that day, joyful and with a glad heart, But when Haman saw Mordecai in the king's gate, that he stood not up nor moved for him, he was full of indignation against Mordecai. Nevertheless, Haman refrained himself, and when he came home, he sent, called for his friends, and Zeresh, his wife, Haman told them of the glories of the riches. And the multitude of his children, and all the things wherein the king had promoted him, and how he had advanced him above the princes and servants of the king. And Haman said, Moreover, yea, Esther the queen did let no man come in with the king to the banquet that she had prepared but myself. And tomorrow am I invited unto her also with the king. I want you to listen to this for yet all this avail me nothing so long as I see Mordecai the Jew sitting at the king's gate. Then said Zeresh his wife and all his friends unto him, let a gallows be made of 50 cubits high, 70 feet, 75 feet high in our measurements. And tomorrow speak thou unto the king that Mordecai may be hanged thereon. Then go thou in merrily with the king unto the banquet. And the thing pleased Haman, and he caused the gallows to be made. Turn, if you would, to verse chapter 7. Just a couple of chapters over. Verse number 9. And Harbona, one of the chamberlains, said before the king, Behold also the gallows fifty cubits high, which Haman had made for Mordecai, who had spoken good for the king, standeth in the house of Haman. Then said the king, Hang him thereon. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then was the king's wrath pacified. To help of God, I want to preach, are we building our own gallows? Are we building our own gallows? Let's go to the throne of grace. Lord, I pray as humbly as I know how. I somehow wish that I could could just open my heart 
this morning and allow a church to just look in and see, number one, the power of your word. And just to say this morning that it is not in my heart to hurt them, but to help them. It's not in my heart to discourage anyone, but to encourage them. But it's also in my heart, God, that you would do this. That we could see. That you would put up, just pull away the, the deception that Satan is a master at giving us. May we realize and see if we're building our own gallows for our marriages, our homes, our children, our grandchildren. Oh, please, Lord, help them to see, Lord, a little bit of what you've allowed me to see in my own life. I'm so thankful for that. I praise your holy name. I don't want to build my own gallows to be hung on one day. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You'll be seated. Beyond a doubt, Satan's greatest, greatest tool is deception. He is not good at it. He's the best at it. He's not just a casual entertainer of deception. He is a master. He is an absolute, ultimate master at deception. If, if you could understand that tonight, then you would go a long ways to understand this sermon. He is a master at deceiving those things and those choices that we make. Now, the physical gallows that we read about here were built in chapter 5. Whenever he has been given a, an invitation by Queen Esther to come to a, to a meal, a banquet. He goes home and he's hitting on all cylinders. He's hitting high spots. He's so excited. He can't, he can't contain himself. But yet, but yet, he is so, such a shape, so deceived that he's moved to literally build some gallows of 75 feet high. But don't miss this. The gallows didn't, were not built in chapter number 5. That is the deception. That's a deception. Now I'm not here to pull up your past and make you feel guilty or bad about anything. Please, please understand the makeup of our church is one that we, that we must deal with a lot of things that many of us would just like to cover up and not deal with. But let me just say this. Satan is a matter. The, the, the marriage is not destroyed from one incident. One, one thing. Didn't start there. 
the child that's, that, that's strung out on dope today. And oh my goodness, as I listen to a young lady and they was interviewing her and she has a crack cocaine addiction and she made this statement. She said, you know, you got to feed the monkey on the back, the gorilla on the back. It's what she said. That's how she... And, and, and that didn't start with that interview. That started with someone giving her the first taste of it. Our, we, we don't lose anything God has given us. We don't lose that with one incident, one thing, one time. It is a combination of things. It is a process. And it is in that process that we get so deceived. It is in that process that, we're, that, we're, that we, we, we come to the end of it and, and all of a sudden we're hung on the gallows. Our marriage is hung. Our children are lost. and Our, our life is hung. And we, 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 we want to talk about the, the now, but nobody wants to talk about why you was building those gallows. Tonight, this morning, let me show you how Haman built those gallows. His own gallows. All the time, believing and thinking he was building them for someone else. This message became very real just just the other day. Remember my family come up and my sister's on disability. My, younger, my youngest sister's on disability. My younger brother's on disability. And the truth of the matter is, they're younger than I am. They didn't start when they went on disability. It started with the lifestyle they have lived and the choices they made. Step number one. Step number one, we see in this chapter the condition of his heart. Step number one, nothing threatening about that. Chapter number one of the book of Esther, chapter number one of the book of Esther, a little Jewish girl has become the queen, the greatest nation in the world at that time and the strongest king of that day. His name was Azarias. Some people called him Xerxes, but it's one and the same. And she becomes the, a little Jewish girl becomes queen, and her uncle who has raised her is named Mordecai. Chapter number two, and we're not going to dwell here, but it's, it's a truth you need to know. During that time in chapter number two, Mordecai hears about a conspiracy to kill the king. So he goes over to Esther and said, Honey, come over here. Let me, let me tell you something. These two dudes here, they're going to kill the king. And they go and search it out. Sure enough, those two fellows are put to death and the conspiracy's ended. But Esther writes it in a book of records and gives Mordecai the credit. But Mordecai's not rewarded. Now I want you to listen to me. Don't, don't be alarmed with that. A lot of times we live for God and we do some things for God and 
It looks like nobody's keeping record. It looks like nobody's seeing it. it. looks like nobody knows. It looks like nobody's keeping a good record. But hallelujah this morning. I want you to know there's a God in heaven keeping a perfect record. He's seen those that got on a bus this morning to go get the kids. He watched those that come out visiting yesterday. He knows the ones that are here this morning. Praise God. He keeps a perfect Perfect record. He knows that that you've done in days gone by to help somebody along the way. It looks like, it looks like, however, that Mordecai's been looked over. Sometimes it feels that way serving God, does it not? You can go ahead and say amen. Won't hurt me. Won't bother me. Sometimes we look like we're overlooked in the business of God. But God never overlooks anything. But we see here the first step in him building his gallows was something that's here in every person here. Look this away now. The condition of his heart. There's a little verse that really speaks volumes. In verse number 7, the Bible says, in verse, let me find this right quickly. And the king's servant, uh, no, verse 7, verse 7, chapter 7. And the king said to her, Oh my goodness, I know it's here. I know it's here. Well, the devil's trying his best to steal it, amen? Even the king asked, even the king asked, who would presume in his heart to do such a thing? I'll find it in a minute. But this morning, step number one of building your own gallows is what's in your heart. What's in your heart? Literally, Haman started building these gallows in chapter number three. Chapter number three, three, Azariah calls Haman in. Says, Haman, I'm going to give you I'm going to advance you. I'm going to give you a really good high position. It's going to come with some power and prestige. And Haman, everybody around you in the kingdom, when they see you, they are going to be required to do this, to bow. Didn't bow like we do today, but it was a, it was a symbol of worship and respect and honor. Haman, you are going to be advanced. And it was here he started to literally build his own gallows. I need you to listen to me this morning. More people fall in prosperity than will ever fall in poverty. As a matter of fact, the most damning thing that's happened to some is that God's been blessing you and good to you. Because now you worship your blessing over the one that gave it. Now your blessing is more important to you than the one that gave it. And if we're not careful, we will literally worship prosperity over the person that gave you the prosperity to begin with. As a matter of fact, 
One of the reasons why some of you can't do any better because God knows if He gave it to you, it'd ruin you. That's the reason He keeps me poor. Because He knows He gives it to me. He can't trust me with it. So He keeps me poor. He keeps me believing. He keeps me trusting. I believe sometimes that's the reason God's blessing our church. He keeps us. He don't, he, we never had no money. Don't look like we're going to ever have a lot of money. You know why? But I'll tell you this much. Hallelujah. Every Monday morning we run to a God and say, God, we got to have you. We need you. And we must have you. Some of you are fighting. Some of you are fighting the very thing God's wanting to get you to, and that is trusting Him. We find the advancement. His name means magnificent, illustrious. He's a pig, but don't miss this. He's a picture of stinking, rotten pride. It's what Haman is. I see the advancement of Haman in verse 1 and 2 of chapter 3. But in chapters 2 through 4 of chapter 3, and I'm not going to read it, everybody's bowing to Haman except one. There's an old, there's an adamant Jew. Even though Haman's been advanced, there's an old Jew that's adamant. And when Haman comes by, he folds his arms and says, I don't worship but to one God and one God alone. I'm telling you, I'm not for sale. I'm not buckling. I'm not giving up. I'm not selling out to you. And don't miss this. About that time, there's a whole bunch of hate and anger and bitterness moves into the heart of Haman. He is red-faced mad. He is boiling. He's been given all of this, but his heart's full of hate. He's been blessed to no end, but his heart's full of hate and anger and bitterness. I'll kill him is what I'm going to do. His anger, he's building his own gallows. He's got a heart full of anger. See, he wasn't that a Jew couldn't bow to others. Joseph's brothers bowed to Joseph in Egypt, not knowing he was Joseph. Mordecai didn't bow because in that culture, in that day, in that hour, when he was to bow, he was to say, Here's what he was, when those come by and Haman came by, here's what he just said, I'll worship you. When are some of you going to stop worshiping money and materialistic stuff? When are we going to stop worshiping pleasure? When are we going to stop worshiping prosperity? When are we going to stop bowing to it? And what we don't understand is, we are literally building on gallows. But you say, it ain't hurting nothing. That ain't hurting nothing. Can't hang nobody on that. As a matter of fact, you would just come by and say, man, that's a neat coffee table. Man, that's a neat one. 
looks, it's pretty, it looks nice, but can't hang nobody on that. I ain't going to hang my youngins on that. I ain't going to hang my marriage on that. I ain't going to hang nothing on that. It starts with what's in your heart. Proverb writer said, pride goes before destruction and Holy Spirit before fall. Here's the deception. Here's the deception. We can't see how that hangs anything. I got a right to be angry and mad and but I got a right, I got a right to act the way I do. I have a right to do that. Where'd you get that right? Who told you that? Arrogant instead of abased. Cocky instead of concerned. Vain instead of virtuous. Snotty instead of sweet. Greedy instead of gentle and godly. Turbulent instead of tolerant. Lofty instead of lowly. Prideful instead of humble. God, what are you teaching me here? What do I need to learn? Proverb writer said, Seest thou a man's wise in his own conceit. Now listen, don't, don't you get sideways with me. I told you I've got nobody in mind preaching this. There's more hope for a fool than him. God said. Psalm said, The wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not at all in his thoughts. Start. Step one is the condition of your heart. What's the condition of your heart? Don't you miss this. You can't pretend a lot of things, but you can't always pretend what's in your heart. What's in your heart is going to come out somewhere, someplace, sometime. What's in your heart is going to come out. You can't hide it. You can't pretend it. You can't, you can't hide it for long. You can't hide it for long. And it starts with the condition of your heart. And that goes for every person here. That goes for this preacher. You know when Brother Finley was talking about the preacher that was his best friend that's in prison right now? That was his best friend that's ruined his life, his marriage. His, he's ruined the church. The church has got a stigma on it. He don't even put, his, put the name on his website no more. He said, preacher, I can't do that because of the stigma. You know where this started? Did it start when he started messing with an underage girl? No, 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 no. No, 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 a thousand times no. Start his heart. That's where it started. Started in his heart. Because every issue of life starts from his heart. I love this. Tonight, the, the band is going to be playing at Crosslink Church without anybody making him do anything. Without anybody, without him asking the question. A 16-year-old said, Mr. Barry, I won't be there tonight. I'll be in my church. 
You say, what's the big deal? It ain't. But you know what makes me want to go, Woo! Hallelujah! You know what makes me want to shout? He displayed his heart. He displayed his heart. What's in your heart? It's step number one to building your own gallows. Step number two. Step number two. The condition of your heart will dictate the choices that you make. Now, I don't want any kids up here hanging on this afterwards, or we may hang you on it. And for God's sakes, adults, don't be up here hanging on it. Acting like the kids. Now, the choices that we make. I'm, I'm just going to be myself this morning. And I'll be honest, I am. A family walked into church just a few months ago, just a couple of months ago. I mean, bless God, they're fighting the devil. I said, what's going on? We, we can't get in. We can't get that boy in church. He's he throwing a fit on us. They're all mad at him. And I thought, why are you mad at him? You built that gallus. You're not, they're not here this morning. They weren't here last week. Church ain't no important to them. They don't need Sunday night. My kids don't need Sunday night. They don't need, my little youngest right here don't need patch club. We work, it's, it's more important. We get something, we get bigger, bigger, bigger this. They don't need that. What you don't understand is you're building their gallows to hang them on. And you're being deceived. You don't think it'll affect them. You don't think it'll make a difference. You don't think it's going to be a big deal. My God, the condition of our heart is worse than hell. It's selfish. It's about me, me, me. And the kids can go to hell. I don't care. Just, just stop in the hell. Who cares? God knows I care. I care. We're not spending thousands of dollars patch club to give them a cookie. We're spending thousands of dollars to get Jesus in their heart and they're hard. So Andrew back there doesn't have them in his prison cell one day. See, some of you say, well, they get with the wrong crowd. Huh? Yeah. Well, my grandchildren had a little girl over. I'm about to explode. 
had a little girl over. And Grandma interrogated her. All but put her against the wall. Frisk her. But she interrogated her. Honey, what's your name? Where are you from? Do you go to church? Are you saved? I mean, interrogate her. Someone said, they embarrassed, embarrassed. No, no. We just got a grandson. We love more than love. I'll be dead gone. I'm going to let the devil drag me up through a sewer without us fighting and scratching and pulling and yanking and doing everything we can to make sure who they're with loves them as much as we do. You say, well, my youngins, they'll be mad. Since when? Why is Get your head out of the sand. Since when is it important if your seven-year-old is mad at you or not? Elijah 16. I don't give a... I could care less if he's angry with me. I see him going down the wrong path. You say, but you can't beat him up. Yeah, I'll hit him low, and mama can hit him, grandma can hit him high. Take him out. You say, why? I'm trying to prevent him from building his own gallows. I'm trying to we're trying desperately prevent him from building his own gallows. I'm not trying to boo you out. I'm not trying to hurt you. But I want him to marry right the first time. I want him to have the kind of marriage his grandma and grandpa has. We live in a little old frame house over there. Some of you wouldn't even live in. I'll tell you one thing. We got a praise God. We got a house full of love over there. We love being we love getting home together. We we enjoy getting home. What the choices we're making, what the choices we're making, we're building our own gallows. Listen to the choices that Haman made. Chaman said this. First of all, he said. I'm going to get him. In verse number 8 of chapter 3, we see his subtlety. Haman said to the king, Azariah, there's a certain people scattered abroad and dispersed among the people in all the providence of thy kingdom, and their laws are diverse from all people, neither keep they the king's laws. Therefore, it's not for the king's prophet to suffer them. The king, if the, please the king, let it be written that they be destroyed. Now, he says, number one, we see his subtlety. Verse number nine, he says, Let's kill them all. Now you've got to understand something. Do you realize Haman has just written the death sentence 
to Esther's, to the king's wife. Do you understand? He just wrote the death sentence to King Azarias' wife. And the king, the subtlety, to get revenge. I'm going to get him! I'm going to get him! Oh yeah, you're going to get it. You can go ahead. Verse 9, he said, I'll slaughter. Verse 9, let me tell you how bad he's got it. He said, King, I'll pay for the battle. I'll pay to kill them all. Verse number 10, the king took his ring and put it in hot wax and sealed it and become law that could not be changed. Let me stop right here and just say this. Some of you are sowing some stuff in your children that you're not going to change. You're not going to change it. Some of you are sowing some rebellion, some, some sin. Some of you are sowing some anger that you're not going to change because you've sown it. And there comes a point when it cannot be changed. He had the approval of the king. The Bible says, The king said to Haman, The silver is given to thee, and the people also do with them as it seemeth good to thee. Verse 12 through 14, the announcement of the law. He said, I'm going to tell you, he put up a post. And they got, just like the, like, like, the male, like the male person in that day, if they was going to give an announcement, they would post it in certain places. And everybody went there to read the news. And on the post is on March the 13th, 794, kill all the Jews. Here was the reward. You get to take all their stuff. You got rights, freedom, nobody's going to charge you. Everybody kill all the Jews and take his stuff. Condition of his heart affect the choices that we make. You see, it's not, it's not just trying to get you to church. If I wanted just to get you to church, I could. I could fill this building tonight. All I've got to do is this. Free hot dogs, hamburgers, dessert, free massage. We've got a bed if you get sleepy. Come on in. Why'd some of you come back tonight for that? See, we're out for more than that. Church is bigger than that. We're trying to raise a generation that's not going to build their own gallows. I'm amazed at this. I'm amazed at our thinking. And we're so deceived in how Satan deceives us. Now, I'm going to give you, I'm going to tell you two stories. Don't you listen to me carefully. And uh, these are real stories, real, real true stories. They happened. I walked to a garage one day and a man stood out there. And man, I'd known for many years. On the surface, you would have thought their marriage was perfect. Nobody would have known. And I didn't ask him, but he just began to pour out his heart. He said, Pastor, kid, you got a minute. He said, I'm not, you're not my pastor, but why should we need somebody to talk to? I said, yeah, 
right here. He said, uh, I stole while I'm working there. He said, I got a wife I can't please no matter what I do. And he said, it's come to this. It's come to this. She has her bedroom. I have mine. Every day she says to me three things. Just three. Leave me some money on the table. I'm going shopping. Where you taking me to eat? And be quiet when you leave. And he said, I just don't want to do that. And he said, when I try to get my bedroom back, and I know some of you ain't going to like this, it'll be okay, it'll be okay. Praise God, ain't called you to preach, he has me. Try to get my bedroom back, and he said, push me away, and every excuse, and just push me away. Till one day, old Floozy showed up. That was beginning to feel every need he had. Pretty soon she pretty soon she shows up at my house. She comes in, she said, Preacher, I know you're not my pastor, but can I talk to you? We've known him all our life. She came in, she said, He's I come in and he's gone. And and he's and what do I do? And I said, well, let's talk about this. And I'll never forget, we, we try to talk about some things, but it was amazing to me. It was always somebody else's fault. It was this woman, this woman, this woman. Can I start to say this? Bless God, you're going to have a hard time getting me because Darlene's the wife she needs to be. There's a lot more prettier women than her, but nobody treats me. She treats me like a king at the house. As my children and grandchildren. She, act, she treats me like a king. Story number two. A man stops here at the church. And he said, Pastor, would you please help me? My marriage is in a shamble. Would you call my wife and see if you could talk her into coming back? I said, well, sir, I don't know your wife. But I said, if you'll give me the number, I'll do what I can to try to help you if I can. I want you to listen I called her up, and she, stand, she began to cry. And this is a story she told me. She said, Pastor, she said, he's a tyrant. She said, last week, I fell off of a stool and broke my hip. She said, for a day, he came by and kicked me and told me, get up, I was just playing. I told him my hip was broke. Please come and help me. He left me laying there. He went to play golf. I finally slid around in the floor until I pulled the phone off the wall and called 911. They come and took me to the hospital. And she said, Pastor, I'm done. I said, Ma'am, I don't blame you. Both of these, by the choices they made, Built their own gallows. Why don't we quit blaming everybody else in the world and everything else in the world? Why don't we realize it's all all of life is is a combination of the choices we make every day. And we make a choice to love God, serve God, and do right. 
Or we make a choice to be angry and bitter and, and abuse everybody around us. We make that kind of choice. Why, we, all, we all have the same. The Bible says there's no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. But God will, with the temptation, make a way of escape. How many of you have had financial hardships? How many of you have had children break your heart? How many of you have had sickness you just couldn't do a thing in the world with? How many of you have had heart? You've had you've had issues you on the job that you couldn't fix. You know what's you know what's common about all of us? We're all robed in flesh. But here's what you got to understand: the condition of your heart will dictate the choices that you make. Here's what I want you to understand: up to this point, care what you see, preacher. I don't. I don't care what you say, preacher. I do what I want to. It ain't hurting nobody. Ain't hurting nobody. Them little old youngins, they ain't gonna hang themselves. Know why? Because right now. You can make them do what they want to do. I'll be honest, I'm impressed with you. He won't. He's got to have a brain, he won't. That boy would be pretty hard for you to handle if he was so minded to. Right? But you still handle him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to shoot him, bless God. And they would, I'm just going to shoot him. What I'm going to do is be done with him. And one shot don't get, I'll shoot the other leg. I'll stop him one way or another. Jimmy, that boy, two boys over, if he's so minded to, if he's got better sense, because I know your daddy will shoot you. <laughs> Amen. He's thought about doing it anyway. Amen. If he's so minded to, I doubt very seriously if you could handle him. I'm going to ask you a question, Wesley. Can you do anything you want to, Braden? Pretty well. He ain't got much choice in that, has he? Not right now. Right now, you can do anything you want to with him. Anything you want to. I mean, if you don't like it, you grab him by the arm and get over here. This morning, Sunday school. One of them little kids. He didn't want to go to Sunday school. Get in there. <laughs> By the way, it's what I should have done. Here's what you need to understand. Right now, those choices don't mean anything. But don't miss this. Step one, condition of the heart. Step two, the choices that we make. Step number three, the confrontation that came. Chapter 4, Esther is all to pieces. Mordecai is mourning in the gate of the king. That's illegal. They get you killed. They get your head cut off. She sends some clothes out there and says, Mordecai, please get some clothes on. Mordecai says, no. Because you see, the king nor Esther knew what the devil 
was doing. Had no idea that a death sentence had been placed. Had no idea that a death sentence had been passed that could not be changed. Had no idea. And so Esther says, so Mordecai says to Esther, you better get a hold of something, honey. When the slaughter stops, starts, you're not going to be exempt because you're the king's wife. You're a Jew, and all of them going to be killed. And so, I love this. He says, and who knoweth for thou art come to a kingdom for such a time as this? Who knows if God's not got you in this service for such a time as this? We see the positioning. Chapter 5. You find Esther puts on the splendor of royalty. I wished I could paint you the picture of Esther when she comes into the king. She is wearing purple and white and green covered in sparkling Stones. She has a crown, a queenly crown that glistens in the sun. She was beautiful to behold. She enters into the king's palace. You have to understand something. These kings were always fearful of being assassinated, so nobody never. You never got to go in without an appointment or an invitation. She goes in, everybody stops. There he is, sitting on his throne. She slowly goes up in all of her splendor. She was, she stopped time. And as she got closer, he laid over a sepulcher. And said, if you'll touch the top of that, you're okay. But he had to extend it. And he extended that to her. He said, Queen Esther, honey, what do you want? She said, I want to have a banquet with you. Well, she's smart. She said, I want to spend time with you. Well, wouldn't it be something we want to spend time with the King of Kings, Lord of the Lords? I want to spend time with you. And, and she said, and invite Haman. So Haman leaves in chapter 5. He's excited. He can't help himself. But he said, I can't enjoy it as long as... Is my heart, the hatred and anger, you know, I can't enjoy nothing. So he built his gallows, not knowing, not even knowing he's a fixing to hang himself. Praise God. I got things to talk.
even knowing. I'm going to show you. Here's what I want you to see. Why? You've got no right to be angry or your heart to be wrong. Won't you listen to me? I'm going to show you God in this story. Chapter number 6. Haman can't sleep. Haman can't sleep. I mean, the king can't sleep. God comes around and wakes up the king and says, Azariah, wake up! He gets up. He pulls down an old boring book and starts reading it. He said, on a certain, certain night, Mordecai saved your life, king. See, Mordecai had been building something too. Just wasn't seen. And the king, the next morning, was, who's out there? Oh, Haman's out there to ask permission to hang Mordecai on them gallows he's got made. I can see him now. I'm going to stick that Jew in that, and I'm going I'm to pull the lever myself. And all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, the king says, Haman, what should be done to somebody that's really done me so much good? And old Haman thinks it's him, so he says, put him on your pony, on your donkey, Put your apparel on him, ride him through town, give him honor and all this stuff. And about that time, the king said, Boy, that sounds good. Go get Mordecai, that Jew, and do that. What you need to understand something, if you'll keep God in his right place, he'll turn around anything when you least expect it. When you least expect it to happen, he'll turn around. And old Haman, at, at face of me, turned, he gets that donkey, and Haman's going to have to pull it around through town. And God's got the devil pulling around God's man around town. Ain't that something? And he's a pulling him around town. Now the king, now Haman, he's all to pieces. What am I going to do? The law's been passed. Gallows has been built. And he goes to the queen, goes to supper. Finally, the king's had enough. He says, Esther, why do you want our company? She says, well, it's a goodbye supper, king, because there's a wicked man. He's going to kill me. And the king makes this statement. Who has presumed in their heart, their heart, to do such a thing? And she says, that wicked Haman. The king gets so mad, he walks out into the garden. While he's out here in the garden trying to figure out what he's going to do, oh, Haman's in there. He's laying on top of Esther. Please don't have me kill me. Please don't. And the king walks back in and he says, My God, man, you want to kill my wife? Now you're trying to, to force her. You're trying to rape her. That's what he was saying. You're trying to force her. About that time, they jerk old Haman up. They stick a bag over his head, which means he's going to lose his head. And one of the, one of the chambers said, listen, he's been building a gallows for Mordecai. Old king, why don't they become his gallows? And then, without any warning, 
And I no one looking. That walk, that thing. That will get you. I, I am just so. First of all, I got a great admiration for law enforcement officers. And, but I suppose that Andrew could get up here and testify to countless hundreds that are in a prison cell today from just this same story. I, I, I'm not going to hurt anything. I, I'm, I'll tell you this much, we're going to do this, 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 this next week, but we're just not going to make the choice to get our children to God and get to God. Bam. And we're hanging. I wonder whose marriage this morning, if your marriage is it's done gone. I'm so sorry. I wouldn't hurt you for nothing. Would you please understand? I'm trying to save some others. If you've lost your children, I'm so sorry. I wouldn't hurt you for nothing. I'm trying to save some others. I'm trying to save some others. If you've built your own gallons by your lifestyle, you see, what I didn't tell you was I'm expecting any moment to get a call. and It wouldn't surprise me one bit for the devil to get my sister, my brother. It wouldn't surprise me a bit. You know why? Because he's a deceiver, a liar. Are we building our own gallows? One more story. I believe that our choices are so important that I believe this with all my heart that every, every one we make, we ought to find the will of God for it. Say, God, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Now, on Mordecai, what happened to him? The laws passed all the Jews. They just made another law that the Jews could defend themselves, and they did. And Mordecai was raised up in a position that belonged to Haman. Do you hear me this morning? Are you building your own gallows? Why don't you make a choice today to say, let's just take it apart, Watts. Why don't you just make a choice to say, hmm, I, I, we, we may go under, but we're not going to leave God out of our life. I, I, I tell you this much, we... We may not live in the finest days, drive the finest days, have the finest days, have the finest days, but there's one thing about it. We're, we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna sell out God to do it. We're not we're not gonna just we're just gonna just build the right foundation. We're gonna build some foundation that I think what I'm gonna do. I think I'm gonna build on this foundation right there. All the devils in hell can't trip you up. And he certainly can't hang your family on. I'll stand to your feet. Every head bowed, every eye closed.